1: We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily
0: podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, uh,
2: uh, uh, and that's what you really
3: missed with Jenna. And Kevin, an iHeartRadio podcast. I'm Jenna. I'm Kevin, and this is And That's What You Really Missed. <laughs> I wasn't going to give you the opportunity to say <laughs> some other version
2: Hijacked. of
3: what this show is. <laughs> I was um, trying
2: to think of it. It's fine.
3: Uh, it's great to ex- be here with you, Jenna. This
2: is great to be here with you. This is very exciting.
3: This is, you know, another big episode for Argentina.
2: and Tina. That's right.
3: Yeah, these are our favorites because we can That's talk about ourselves.
2: Right. So much fun. Um, this was a really fun one. Especially because we get to see
0: Kevin
3: dance. Yes. And I wish, when we get to it, I want to get some fan reaction. I want them to write in and tell us what they thought because I have questions.
2: Oh, okay.
3: So this episode is season one, episode 19, Dream On. It originally aired on May 18th, 2010, which was... Almost to the day, the year anniversary of the pilot premiering after the American Idol finale. And how far we've come. <laughs> how far? Like, you know, Ryan said, I remember after one of those initial parties, uh, like after the premiere, he, I think and Chenoweth asked him like, oh, will Kevin ever like get up and sing and dance? He's like, no, that's never going to happen.
2: I remember that. Yep, Cut yeah. two year
3: later. Here I am. Here we are
2: dance dancing
3: <laughs> tale as old as time tale don't put the idea in ryan's head because he doesn't forget
2: i also watched a little bit of the glee tour last night online <sighs> and it brought back a lot of memories now i remember the songs that we performed because the other one is fresher in my mind so this was yeah. a good good i was like i forgot they did boy is mine i forgot they did we I did, did too. jump i forgot yeah yes it was a lot.
3: and it was anyway it, we didn't do as many shows, so the other one was much more ingrained in our bodies. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right.
2: So this time, so this was the anniversary, and May 20th to 22nd, we kicked off our first three-night um, three gig at the Gibson R.I.P. Amphitheater at Universal CityWalk, and... That was fun because we were on home turf. It was nice to yes. be sleeping in your own bed and then going to the theater or the, right, is a the theater?
3: Yep, it's a the theater. Um,
2: and, and performing the show. And it was just such a fun, um, fun experience to be back at home.
3: And if you go to Universal right. Studios in L.A. now, that's now Hogwarts. That's <laughs> so right. So the Gibson but, got knocked down to become Hogwarts. So whatever. Do
2: you, do you remember, though, Kevin? Sure. What in between shows one day we asked them or I think it was Amber who was like can we go on some of the rides oh, Yes. and they were like um maybe and we were like we all want to go on the rides and then we started bugging everybody and they got security to take us to like the back lot tour yeah. and we t- we did Jurassic Park right I think was we did it Jurassic Park, Park? We mummy
3: yep Mummy that was the, was the best. big one. We that did was the, best. didn't we do the studio lot tour? As well? Did we do that?
2: I don't remember.
3: Yeah, we were very remember. excited. Did, were we doing matinees?
2: I think we had done a two a two day two show day two day do two, two do hmm
3: There we go. There she yeah. is.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's Speaking of
3: that. which, I know Jamie Lee Curtis said she wishes bands would do matinees. matinees. On the uh, performance side of it, personally. <laughs> <laughs> when you have so normally concerts don't have matinees. On both glee tours, we had matinees because they were really trying to get their money's worth for the allotted time they had us under contract.
2: Tell me what the audiences were like, Kevin.
3: Look, <laughs> it's not just on our end doing a matinee, and you can talk about this, Jenna, as doing theater. Yeah, where it is a slog to get your body geared up to be at a 10 by 1 pm. Correct. Because, and especially when you're doing music or doing a concert, you, people normally make music late at night. It is very much a nighttime thing. People are out there drinking or doing whatever. And you feel that when you're on stage because the audience reacts completely differently. (laughs) And nine times out of 10, an audience in the middle of the day also feels that way. And so when you're on stage, you're feeding off what the audience is giving you. And (laughs) at 1 p.m., they're not giving you 10. I can tell you that.
2: I will say, as a mom, afternoon concerts sound delightful. No, logistically,
3: it makes honestly, a lot of sense. And especially for like children's wise, concerts.
2: Yes, but performance yes. and energy wise, it's brutal. It's it brutal. It is brutal. And especially because if you've done a show the night before, mm-hmm. that's a half of the time of the turnaround you
3: normally get. Yes,
2: You're flemmy. You're tired. It's still light out. There's just yes. a lot of things. So I'm you know, with you. When the
3: sun goes down, it's it's time to go. <clears throat> Like, you're, you're ready to go. And when the sun right. is up midday, like, you just had lunch. <laughs> and you're going to go. It's weird. Yeah, I agree. However, I will say, this was a different tour. But Toronto, if there's anybody in Toronto listening, <laughs> greatest of all time matinee crowd. Yes. We had they brought two it. matinees and... It felt I'll be like damned, an evening show. Yeah, so that matinee was not louder than any of the evening <laughs> shows because they were bringing it. And I think if you look somewhere on YouTube, I think I mentioned that as well. Well, the Canadians
2: them. are just nice people, so they give us what what we need. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> um, all right, so that was the tour. We're, there will be more tour later. And um, okay, I have a lot of notes for this. This episode, just Do because you. there's so many memories that I didn't want to forget. Yes. All right.
3: This episode was directed by Joss Whedon. This was pre-Avengers.
2: Right. Like, Very early, like post-Buffy. Sh- yes. Um. What was the other? Uh, it was shortly after
3: this where he sort of took all those first two um, Avenger movies, character movies. And then he crafted what we know today to be the Avengers and did the first Avenger movie. And
2: he also yeah. um, was very musical. He was a very musical guy. So mm-hmm. this was like, you know, just directorially, like right up his alley. Um, and we
3: also had he interacted with us very differently than any director had up to this point. Mm-hmm. This was our. 19th mm-hmm. episode and so we sort of had a rhythm we had a series of the same directors coming That's in right. and out
2: Paris and, Elodie
3: mm-hmm. and when he came in because you and I had also like a lot of sensitive scenes in this um that he do you remember this he came to base camp he yep. pulled us out for a acting rehearsal which never yep. happened never and took us up to the dance studio the tin shed and, and we worked us, on that
2: scene mm-hmm. with with the tapping and where you fall
3: yeah And he just showed so much um, care and thoughtfulness. And I think you're able to do that when you're just coming in for one episode like this. And you have the time to plan and do it. And the script is written. I was going to say, clearly
2: the script was on time. Yes. (laughs) At this point still. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. So we'll get to that. Uh, This is a big episode. There's a lot happening. Brian Ryan is here. Neil patrick harris who joss has worked with um in other things and um kevin gets to dance and yeah. shelby corcoran has lots to do our um our green witch dina menzel <laughs> and uh yeah so the song in this episode are Dream On by Aerosmith, Wild, um, The Safety Dance "Dance" by Men Without Hats, and I Dreamed a Dream by the Castellanos. It's very exciting. And um, then
3: Dream a Little Dream.
2: That's right. Dream a Little Dream. Yeah. So, Kevin, you had a lot, lot of recording to do in this episode. I
3: did, it, but it was one afternoon, actually. Oh. It, it was one evening pre a glee dinner at the Chateau Marmont. Actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Per usual, I had a slight meltdown, which, you know, which standard. Um, both. Both. <laughs> <laughs> my voice just didn't feel great. You know, some some days it just doesn't feel great. And Gotta love that. Yeah. And I did safety dance first. And because actually it was sort of like talking, it was harder. It was harsher on my voice, I, I think. And then you get into this really soft... Da, 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 da. And you're like, oh, well, my voice is now gone. So, mm. but I was really excited. I remember talking to Amber at that dinner about how I was trying to make "Dreamy Little Dream" um sound older. You know, like do a different vibrato and things like that. I was I very excited of the vocal challenge. It was alright.
2: Yeah. It's okay. It was, it was a great little number.
3: Also, is that just the most like sampled and used song now in everything?
2: I think every so. Every commercial
3: I hear yes. it in every restaurant. It's just yes. everywhere. There's a billion different versions of it.
2: Yes. Yes.
3: that's a great song.
2: Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just arrived swim cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles like the made-to-be-seen very sexy push-up bra from the Very Sexy Collection. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriassecret.com. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University,
1: we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand
0: Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Bean dad, the dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: There's an episode summary. Do you want to yeah. tell us about it?
3: Sure. So... Will's former high school nemesis, classic, Brian Ryan, shows up and causes some trouble for the Glee Club. Mm Mm-hmm. Up to Mm -hmm. no good. Then Rachel struggles with a lifelong personal issue. Plus, Artie and Tina, your favorites, try to find a way for Artie to live his dream of walking again. Oh. Well, dancing, really. Right. That's what it is. So let's get into it. Let's talk about Brian Ryan.
2: Let's talk about Brian Ryan. Um... So we we learn that that's Will's arch-nemesis from high school and he just happens to be on the school board and he wants to cut the glee club. Well, yeah, he wants to cut the glee club.
3: He has so, to cut funding from the arts somewhere right. from some extracurricular thing and obviously because he hates Will, it's most likely going to come from there.
2: That's right. So he comes in and he talks to all of us and the choir room scene where he says, you know, most of you probably want to pursue this and want to do this. And, you know, you, you shouldn't. You you shouldn't because you're not going to succeed. He's a what dream he killer. He's a dream, he's a dream killer. He had us actually write down on pieces of paper what it is we want. Artie obviously wrote he wants to dance. What were some of the other ones? Yeah. Um,
3: I um, have a threesome, um, not have stretch marks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then Tina, he breaks Tina, basically. Yeah. And this was the first time that I had to cry. This is one of the first of many that will come.
3: See, here's the thing. You do something... And you do it too well. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And they're just going to keep having you do it because Tina cried one time and she never stopped crying.
2: Run it into the ground. We did. (laughs) Yes, that's we did. Um, It's also not that easy for me to cry on cue. Like I can do it, but it takes a while for me to get there. So this was not something that was like in my back pocket. Like I could cry out of one eye like Rachel Berry. But um, anyway, that's the beginning of that. So Will is like, what? Boo? He's. Brian Ryan's wrong. So. W-
3: I just had a memory. Yeah. Do you remember when we filmed this? Neil Patrick Harris had hosted the Oscars the day before.
2: Well, this was also the one when we went to the parties the night before.
3: So everyone <laughs> was. <laughs> So, if you go watch that scene, Neil Patrick Harris, looking fresh and rested. Glowing. Had hosted the Oscars, the biggest award ceremony of the year. Mm -hmm. And everybody, including him and us, were out Mm -hmm. pretty late. Not praying. Partying. (laughs) Or drinking water. Yeah. No, we were...
2: And and Mondays is the earliest call. So yes. normally on Mondays you have like a girls have like a five thirty a.m. call. Mm-hmm. We were there, and we were in that choir room. And that was the first scene we did with the. Um, it was the, the jacket one, right?
3: Yeah, first up.
2: First up, that I felt so scene. bad for him and for Joss and for everybody. We but were like, just we whatever. were looking puffy.
3: Neil Patrick Harris got a an Emmy for this, so he's fine. <laughs>
2: and he did great like he looked glowy um yes good memory
3: though (laughs) I I remember sitting there being like how is he doing this
2: I know we were like I I have no
3: lines and I'm barely hanging on.
2: (laughs) truly I think I think there was somebody they will rename will name will remain wow okay they Mm -hmm. will remain nameless you try and say that um Fell asleep on the back wall.
3: <laughs> so, this is why I remembered because there is a shot of us, and somebody looks very sleepy. <laughs> More sleepy than the others. Mm-hmm. And yep. she, her eyes were barely open. <laughs>
2: She loves to dance. She does love to dance. She okay.
3: loves to dance. There's a a couple girls who would regularly fall asleep in those choir room <laughs> scenes. Okay.
2: All right. So, so they go they go to a bar, right? They go to the bar. Um. Why did Will go to the bar?
3: Because Will's just like, look, you're wrong about this. I remember how good you were. Like, I right. and let me take you out and refresh your memory about. How rewarding this is Like let me just remind you nice. And so Will takes him out to this bar Reminds him Um how Um they used to sing together Will nice. and Brian talk about their crushes And Brian's like oh I love that Terry Monaco <laughs> girl and he's like oh I married what a, her
2: What a last name
3: Right it also makes me Hungry for steak <laughs> Um <laughs>
2: Del
3: Frisco, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then they do this. You know, there was a lot of live singing in this episode that never happens. So when they are when Neil Patrick Harris is singing in the flashback scene, mm-hmm. um, he is singing live. P-F-T-E. And then when they go to the bar and they do Piano Man, they're singing live again. You're like, oh well, yes, have these musical theater pros sing live because they sound. Incredible.
2: Do you know why? Was that just the request or was that Joss or was do you remember?
3: I'm not sure, but I think it's because they're singing to track like they're singing over like Piano Man was singing to the actual song,
2: right? It's not supposed to sound super produced, no,
3: yeah, and it sounds great. And that could have been a Joss thing. Joss was very much about, even though he's famous for doing sci fi shows, he was very much into grounding this show, correct? Um, so then. You know, Brian, Ryan, and Will hit it off. And Will's like, look, they're doing Les Mis casting. You should audition with me because I'm going to audition. Like, let's reignite this flame. So they go to audition for it. And all of a sudden, their nice little moment, you know, the reprieve of hating each other is ended because they realize they're doing the same audition song. And so we get a very good duet.
2: Brian Ryan copies Will.
3: Yes. He's like, that's
2: funny. I'm doing that. Yeah. That's funny. I'm doing that. And then the guy says, do it as a duet, which would never happen. But I feel honored to have watched that number. (laughs) It's wild. (laughs) That is a crazy high song.
3: And it, rem- it made me think of something that Ryan said in our last interview with him where people forgot that the show was a satire. Right. You know, you watch a lot of it and you take it so seriously and like, why are they doing this? Watch Will Schuster and Brian Ryan do this number, like Matt with his hand over his face. This show is a satire, people.
2: That's right. That's
3: right. That's right. And it is very much like... A local theater thing, like yeah, I I run the dry cleaners. You have, I have thirty minutes. Like, can we? I don't care. Can we just do this, you guys? Like, who? So they do this incredible number. I also found out my boyfriend Austin performed this version of this song in high school with his theater rival.
1: No, he's like, yeah, I did
3: this song in high school as a duet. I was like, was it this version? And then we were watching it together, and he started doing the ad libs. <gasps> The Glee version, Adler's like, oh, so it was his version. He goes, I guess so.
2: Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Sometimes you don't so even realize I broke up with him. you're doing the Glee versions. <laughs> oh, that's so yeah. sad. I'm so sorry that he had to. <laughs> that was it. That yeah. was it. Um, so, Brian and Sue um, were supposed to be like, we're cutting Glee Club. We both, we're taking them down. We're taking that Will Schuster down. But Brian Ryan decides he changes his mind and decides to cut some of the Cheerios budget <laughs> instead. And Sue tells Will um, that he got the lead in Les Mis.
3: In front of the Glee Club and in front of Brian Ryan embarrassing his ass. She knows what she's <sighs> doing.
2: And Brian got a townspeople role, which I will say I played a townsperson in Les Mis <sighs> my freshman year of high school. Really? Yes. Um, and so, hooray! Hooray! hooray. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, but then, uh, what was the quote? He says to Brian. Says to Sue. You're an impressive woman. I can't tell how much you turn me on right now. You ever heard of the term anger sex? And she says, It's the only kind I know, Brian. And Brian says, I should tell you I'm married. And she says, Not a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, good. Um, so Brian decides to cut the program because he gets mad at Will um, for getting the part. And then we bribe him essentially without mm-hmm. doing it. And Will gives Brian Ryan the part. Jean Valjean, so that he can save his precious Glee Club. And then
3: we're back to square one. Like it never happened.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a one off, okay? Yeah. Ryan Ryan's a one off. Yeah. He's not available for any other episode.
3: MPA just needed that guest star Emmy, you know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's like, calls his agents, look, I need a guest star Emmy. Which show? <laughs> yes. They're like, we know the one. <laughs> yep.
3: <laughs> um, so, the other thing, one of the other things that's going on this episode, is during that classroom scene where Brian Ryan is having everyone write down their dreams, Artie writes Mm -hmm. on he wants to become a dancer because Tina took it out of the trash bin.
2: When I went to go get my book bag, by the way. Who calls it a book bag?
3: It's like a pocketbook. Yeah, that sounds like a Long Island thing. All right, sorry to
2: interrupt you. Keep
3: going. No, you're good. And so Tina is like, come on, fess up. What's the situation here? Why... First of all, did you lie about wanting to be a dancer? Because that's not what Artie said originally. And that's then she's right. like, I got the proof. I have the receipts for you. <laughs> and so then they get together and she's trying to help him live this fantasy. And they decide to do a tap number with the little tapping things on oh. Artie's wheels. Oh. oh. Which. Oh. It, it, uh, it doesn't really work. The thing about a wheel is that it needs to be round. And to think about adding the little tapper things on them is that they're not, and so it was weird, not the most practical
2: well, thing. Do you remember what what? So this was. And I'm glad it turned out this way, but initially Zach had said to the writers room, "What if we have Tina do a sexy tap number
3: mm-hmm.
2: with like canes and top hats and That's have right. her." And tap around. Now I'm not the best tapper, but I can fake it till I make it in an audition. Um, you only have to look like you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and and it turned into this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it actually was, and we'll get to Dream Little Dream of Me. That's a soft shoe number. That's not a tap number. That was a soft shoe number. I don't have taps on my shoes, and neither do Harry. Oh. But anyway, it's supposed to look like it. But
3: That's movie magic. For the
2: storyline. Yeah. For the storyline. Um, regardless, I'm happy that this worked out because yeah. you got to dance. But um so so you're tapping. You're trying to tap. Tina's trying, to, trying tap. to help you live out your dreams of being a dancer. And and you're like, I can do it. I can walk. I can get up and and use these things from
3: yeah, I, I, I have some crutches it, just laying around. Right. Don't worry about it.
2: Right. Um, and you fall. I and fall. it's really sad.
3: I was really insecure about filming this scene. Mm. And so when Joss made us rehearse this, I was also, in, you know, it was that thing that I was dreading the one scene in the I script that I this. didn't want to do. Yeah. I didn't feel confident in my acting ability to be emotional and dramatic. Comedy is um, <laughs> much more comfortable for me to live in. Same. The seriousness. Especially when you're surrounded by so many good dramatic actors. <laughs> when you are in a scene and Chris Colfer can just cry. Whip it out, And is so good and I remember talking to Dante, one of the producers being like, oh, I think that take was bad. And he had to sort of talk me off the ledge and he was like, mm-hmm. do you think Chris is better than you because he can cry? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, he's better than me because he's better than me. <laughs> and while I do think he is much better than me Dante said as executive producers sort of you need to step in and do these things every now and then and calm your actor head case down which was me Mm -hmm. and you know just gave me some nice notes of being like no that's not how this works you're bringing this this and this and blah 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 and Joss equally was sweet about it Yep. and remember like because it was a really sensitive dramatic scene Joss would come in and talk like this Oh yeah. and he would just he would get down when I was on the floor he would he would get down on his knees and like just whisper in my ear. He's like, "Okay, now try this." And we'd just say a word. Yeah. And it sounds crazy right now, but when you're doing those scenes and you're so in your head and you're in the moment and you're doing it over and over again, you're like, "Am I giving enough? I have nothing left to give." And he'll yep. come in and be like, "Just think of this." And he'll say a <laughs> word and you're like, oh, "You're right." <laughs> that changed. And he did that every scene. Great. Um but I we got through that scene and I I thought you and I did a really nice job this whole episode, Jenna. I was really proud oh, of that's us. Nice.
2: I thought you did a good job. I thought um Joss really helped to guide us because we were still so green uh, in terms of yeah. all of this. And now I look at back at that, and I'm like I cringe. But um Same at my choices, but I wasn't looking at it from a director's point of view, which I would now.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um I was looking at it from an actor's point of view, which is like totally different. Um I wish I had that you know in hindsight that like foresight basically yeah but um no i thought we did a great job in terms of like where we were in our lives and like (laughs) and just having the support we did i was nervous for that number as well or for that scene and joss would be like is there anything you need is there anything you need um which is so nice not every actor you know director will do that and especially like crying and things like that like he's like do you want quiet you know do you need a quiet on set blah 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 Mm -hmm. um Sometimes you just have to, like, go off into a corner because, like, there's 18 other young people who don't have to cry that day that are just, like, laughing and doing all this stuff. And right. um, it's very hard. Anyway, great job, Kevin.
3: Great Likewise. Job. And I, I think there's also something when we talk about this with Paris, too, when you know you're in the hands of somebody who you can really trust Where like, Joss had directed so much TV and created so much TV yep. that you, he, like, he was a TV legend. Mm-hmm. So we knew we were in good hands and could just totally. sort of trust him and also totally. be intimidated by him at the same time. Oh, totally. Yeah. So <laughs> Tina is then like, look, I've done all this research on spinal cord injuries. You're She's really trying to help Artie. And they're at the mall, which is really cute. I love that we see people at the mall. And then... Do you remember we filmed that shot? It was actually outside the mall, not at the school with those... School buses the uh, With and the school buses in the sun flare. I yelled mm-hmm. sun flare when I saw it. Josh yeah. was so excited. It was just one take where we had the sun flare.
2: So happy. It
3: just happened to be in the right position at the right time.
2: <laughs> During our and, kiss. <laughs> yep.
3: You know, I have to say, <laughs> watching people kiss is really awkward and uncomfortable. And it's not a good testament to tell if you're a good kisser. I thought ours looked pretty damn good. <laughs> If I do say so myself,
2: it did look I, good. That was a good shot. That I was, was like, shot. you can
3: tell we've done this before. <laughs> that's not two strangers kissing. That's what it felt like.
2: Maybe that's why it looked so good. Uh, yeah, just we familiar territory. Yeah. Oh god,
3: sorry. Um, and so, in the mall, oh. all of a sudden, this is what I want to address. All of a sudden, it goes into a dream sequence without acknowledging that it's a dream sequence all of a sudden it's like hey yeah. i've been trying all those therapies and look and i get up out of the wheelchair and i do this line that i was like really like mm-hmm. all i want to do is dance He sold I, it He sold yeah. it and i was it hit me and i didn't feel this obviously when i watched it the first time because i'm too biased in it but like what the hell did people think when that happened all of a sudden, because it looks the same. It looks natural. It looks like, oh, he's just getting up. Well, I think that's dancing. the
2: idea. We're supposed to trick you.
3: Yeah. But were trick people ya. like, what the f- is oh, happening? Oh, I'm sure.
2: And there are probably be people who would get mad that they're like, yeah. what, he can just get up and walk, right? Right. And then there are other people who probably were like, <laughs> what, this is amazing. So, yeah, I'm sure. But, yes. Okay. So, this is where your questions come in.
3: Yes. I just, because I really felt for a second of how bamboozled. Or like mm-hmm. slapped across the face, an audience might feel when you're watching that. But right. I mean, yeah, the mad. The whole point is, is that it does feel like it's not a dream sequence until it is. And this was in the craze of the flash mobs, right in the middle of flash mobs being s- such a huge thing—wedding proposals and yeah. yeah, marriage proposals and at schools and in malls—and it was everywhere. And so yeah. we did it. And Joss had that really cool idea of filming it in all these different types of cameras. And yep. you see that. You see people actually doing it. It felt real. They filmed it on real phones. Um, like Andrew Mitchell said in that interview with him, we filmed it at a mall that had like a fish market. Yeah. So right at the, the bottom, floor, Yeah.
2: Where we were <laughs> filming when we were laying on the floor. That part.
3: We were facing like the, where the camera was in front of the fish market. So where I was performing to was directly into this fish market it where people so... were coming in and out of. And it just and it smelled, smelled like raw so fish.
2: Bad. It yep. smelled so bad, and we shot a couple of things at that mall by that fish market. Yeah, we did. And it was smelly, especially stanky. that time.
3: I stanky, remember that stanky. one
2: especially. And then your family was there.
3: Yeah, my mom and my sister happened to be in town. Or I don't know if I coordinated <clears> this in advance. I don't know, but I didn't tell them what we were doing, and I said come to this mall we're shooting it's easier you know to have someone visit when we're on location like that yeah because it's a public place and just see and i remember them when we were filming down on the floor you didn't see Mm -hmm. anything else they were standing up Mm -hmm. on the ledge that you see later on above the escalators yeah and i remember right before i take looking up and like waving at them and they're just saying hi and then all of a sudden i do the whole huge dance number with like 80 billion backup dancers. <laughs> and after I look up at them and they're crying.
2: Oh.
3: And oh. they were like, you son of a bitch. Oh, <laughs> like you didn't tell awesome. us. Um that's Because so- they know how much I love to do that and love to perform in that way. And so they were just really excited that I got to do it. And Nowhere. I remember... I, watching it too, I can tell I'm not confident doing it. I felt like I was not used to having the attention or spotlight on me. Mm-hmm. And I remember even showing up to dance rehearsal. They had a whole, because there were so many dancers, we had a whole different, the same sound stage we used to rehearse in for Jump. It's all mm-hmm. the mattresses. So we had this gigantic empty soundstage, all these dancers, and they were all waiting for me to show up because I was also filming. And then all of a sudden... You the star. Yeah, and I was very, very mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I was like, I am very happy being supporting <laughs> Rolling, rolling, yeah. Give me my two lines per episode. I am not used to this, <laughs> but it was fun. It was. Great.
2: It was so much fun. It's such a great number, and we can talk about that when we get to the tour. I love that we...
3: everybody was in it too. Yes, I just like yes. all the glee club was yeah. in it, and that was so sweet. Everyone looks so happy. I don't know if it was acting, but it was just fun. It was no, a we fun were so happy to to,
2: that you got to dance. And we got to watch you do that, and we knew how happy you were, and it was just a big happy. Black mom.
3: Yeah, it was great.
2: Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just arrived swim cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles like the made-to-be-seen very sexy push-up bra from the Very Sexy Collection. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at
0: VictoriasSecret.com. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
2: Then Artie goes to Emma and shares the research that her, you know, him and Tina had found. And he's like, when I start walking again, and there's this kind of magical, hopeful thinking that's very sad. And um, Emma has to kind of take take Artie back down to earth and, and tell him the truth of like what, you know what the reality truly is and so that was really sad and that leads to Artie telling Tina in a very sweet scene that um, she should find a new dance partner and I remember this scene too Joss being like "This you should be very quiet Mm -hmm. you should get down on his level and um, yeah it was very specific with his vision he wasn't forcing anything but it was just very clear
1: Um,
2: and I remember shooting this and and then we go into Dream a Little Dream with Tina and Mike Chang. And this is the beginning of Tina and Mike Chang. Ha-
3: tell us about your fake tap number, your soft shoe number.
2: So this was supposed to be my big tap, sexy tap number. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and it turned into this really sad, sad soft thing.
2: Shoe. And, <laughs> no, not, um, soft shoe's not
3: sad. I just mean how everybody is acting in the scene. It's really sad.
2: Yeah, everybody has their own storyline going mm-hmm. on. This is a very True Colors moment, again, yes. where everybody's sitting in their little things. um, yep. Semicircle. Um we rehearsed this probably one day and one short day I think maybe twice and um it was very quick and and as
3: Harry's not a tap dancer
2: no, but here's a dancer, and he looks yeah. better than I do because my arms are swamping <laughs> arms the whole time. It's just very cringy um <laughs> and that is not my thing like I that like express my express yourself, that's my thing, like yeah. this was not my thing at all, partnering being solo danced it should have been heather, like <laughs> not me, <laughs> and um, those are my dance shoes though from college, and no way yeah, that I'm wearing, and they're not tap shoes, and Zach had to go in. And in post-production and do the tapping
3: for the sound. Was it all Zach? I was wondering who was doing that.
2: It was all Zach.
3: (laughs) I can't imagine how meticulous and draining that must be to match up the taps to that number.
2: Well, let me tell you, it's very... um, we weren't even nearly doing the pro- the proper tapping anyway so we just had to look like it but we did learn the actual tap soft shoe number and it's very simple basic moves anybody can do them if i can do them so um <laughs> anyway that was the yeah it was a very quick um thing and i have these pictures from it that i can share from adam rose who was our on-set photographer yeah. who's lovely and um, I have some of these rehearsals on them, but I was like, this is annoying because this looks I know I look terrible doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I was just really annoyed. Um, but that beautiful scene, that beautiful um shot at the end of you in the, for, mm-hmm. you know, in the foreground and then us in the background, it was just really sad. It and was a movie. It was a movie. Um and and that's it. So wait, but do you remember the line? when you say i sound like someone put tap shoes on a horse and shot <laughs> <Yes. it." laughs>
3: i love that line and i think you and harry sold the tap dancing you know oh,
2: whatever whatever
3: <laughs> give me swamp hands all day i love it so the right. other thing that's happening this episode there's several there's like a reveal within a reveal it's like when a drag queen takes off a wig and there's another wig underneath <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens with this storyline so yeah. Jesse St. James, who was on spring break, apparently, comes back and encourages Rachel to, you know, find her dream. What's her dream? She says she wants to find her mom, but she doesn't know how. She just knows that her dads have information in the basement. So Damn. Jesse's like, then let's go do it. And so there's this really, I love the scene of, <laughs> of Rachel and Jesse going through things. And then Rachel keeps referring to Patty Lapone as mother she's, she's like well like, mother was here research. on this date yes
2: uh, that was a very funny little vignette
3: yeah I love that and then she also talks about how she has a theory that her mom is burned at Peter's and like <laughs> you know I get it who wouldn't yeah. want them as your moms? so while this is happening they find a tape in mm-hmm. there and it says from mom and Rachel's what? like <laughs> What is this? And she freaks out and she can't listen to it, even though Jesse's like, you should do it. And he's like, she was like, no, no, you need to leave. So then, (laughs) Q, (laughs) I love when there's like mystery shenanigans happening. It's raining and it's dark and it's in a car.
2: Always. It's always raining in the car.
3: And Jesse comes in the car and who's there but Shelby. And then we find out that Shelby, because... The whole thing with Jesse and Rachel is like, is this real love? Because in the beginning, we're like, everyone in the Glee Club is fairly certain that Jesse's up to no good, right? Yep. And now it's been weeks, and we've forgotten about it, and they do just like each other. Right. Nope. This yeah. whole thing has been a plan of Shelby's, because Shelby directed Jesse to go become friends, <gasps> not necessarily become lovers. Lovers. But Jesse's, you know, saying that, well, he thinks he's starting to actually have feelings for her. And it also turns out that it's Shelby's dream, even though she's legally bound to not do this, to somehow have Rachel find out she's her mother. A wig on a wig. A reveal after a reveal. And so what happens is (laughs) Jesse (laughs) goes back to Rachel's and gets her to play that damn tape. Well, uh, Shelby's very adamant request. Yes. her to
2: listen to the tape. Yes. So, Rachel listens to the tape, and of course, we go into some beautiful dream sequence of I Dreamed a Dream, and...
3: Which was pretty stunning.
2: It was. And this, too, wasn't, like, the big wavy, um... like dream very simple. And they do look oddly similar. It's so crazy. Um, And they... They sing this beautiful duet of I Dreamed a Dream. Rachel says, when they're looking through the boxes, <laughs> this quote, um, my first singing competition, I came in first place. And Jesse says, You were eight months old. And Rachel says, I was very musically verbal.
3: I also like when they're looking at the sonogram and <laughs> he says, It looks like you're in fifth position. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's dream on, folks. That is Draymond. What a fun episode to do. I also, as an overall creative stylistic note, did this episode feel darker in terms of like how it was colored or how it was shot? Like the whole thing feels darker to me. And I'm wondering if that was like a Joss decision.
2: Yes. You definitely, it definitely looked a bit better. A little different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just a tad. Just a tad.
3: So, tardy takes, Jenna. Let's do it. Cringe moments,
2: aka Paris Berkeley ouchies. I don't know. I, it, I there actually weren't that many cringe moments in this episode for me, except for in the Brian Ryan storyline. <laughs> <laughs> Just the the married whole Brian Ryan married Sue thing was kind of like the cringiest thing of the episode, to be honest. I think that was um it, it, it's it been worse in other episodes. I'll yeah. just leave it
3: at that. I think also we can do this with worst dance move. I think Brian Ryan and Will Schuster, their sort of rivalry and competitiveness and singing is cringy in like a different way, like a funny comedic way. Like they're cringy because they're both like, what do you, you're both grown ass men <laughs> upset about a glee club. Like, can you calm down?
2: In a community theater performance. Yeah.
3: And they're jumping around this stage <laughs> like they're, it's like, okay.
2: On the wrong way. Uh, I think we should do best dance move and I th- vote safety dance.
3: Thank you very much. You're welcome. I would, I would agree. I, I think some of that soft shoe was very nice, Jenna.
2: <laughs> Hair Don't was really me, getting Kevin. on the
3: extension of those arms and those hands. He was really.
2: I know because he's a dancer.
3: Yeah. Professional.
2: <laughs> professional. Okay. Best song. Best song.
3: Um. Obviously, safety dance.
2: (laughs) Yeah, safety dance. I don't
3: like that song. Generally speaking,
2: but it's the sentiment behind the actual.
3: It was really fun to get to do.
2: Yeah, it was best performance by a prop, Kevin. Uh,
3: (laughs) You think I'm a prop, Jenna?
2: (laughs) Wait till we get the to the episode props.
3: Oh yeah, (laughs) I would say the um, best performance by a prop. I think the little tappers on my wheelchair were pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, also, line. Shelby's tape to Rachel. I mean, that means that right. actually did a lot.
2: Yeah, that was an actual prop. Mm-hmm. Best lines.
3: Best lines. I think my favorite line, honestly, is John Groff saying, you look like you're in fifth position <laughs> at a sonogram.
2: <laughs> I got to say, I uh, I feel like... <sighs> All I wanna do is dance.
3: <laughs> Damn it, Jenna. <laughs> oh, I hate you. <laughs> Just
2: the wall of C D uh, players yeah. as well.
3: <laughs> also, it was like, yep, let's take out this burned C D and put it in this wall of C D players.
2: Get your um zippered C D case out yep. <laughs> in your car.
3: <laughs> um okay. Should we find on TikTok? It is <laughs> the year of our Lord 2023. And somebody's having a glee night at like a proper venue in New York City. I don't understand. If you go on TikTok, it's glee night tour. And (sighs) they're throwing like a full... I think they're going to be playing like music videos. It's a full party of all glee music. This is In 2023. What is happening?
2: What is happening? I think
3: it's hilarious and great. But I had no idea... This was a thing, but we've been tagged on Twitter and on TikTok and everywhere.
2: The scene.
3: Yes. Is that a big venue?
2: Yeah, it's a very popular.
3: Like what?
2: What? I'm perplexed.
3: Yeah. Also, like, are we invited? What's the deal? What's the plan? I guess if you go to Glee Night, at the grammar scene, send vids, send pics. Say this. Or didn't happen. Um, great. Yeah. I think that's great. There's also a really cute video. So, Chris Carmack, who's co stars with Harry on Craze, mm-hmm. took a video of Harry videoing him dancing just to get his reaction. Cause you know, Harry's a professional, as we've learned with that fake tap dancing. Uh, and that's also very cute. And Harry looks the exact same.
2: He does look the, he looks it's, younger actually. Yeah. You know, this was really a viral dumb. thing though, because there were, it was parents videoing. Asking their kids to video them dancing, oh. and but they turn the camera around on them, mm-hmm. so you actually get the kids' reactions, which is very right. sweet and and very like innocent and young yeah. and youthful and fun. And then Harry did it, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and Harry doesn't look so pleased. Harry has no. Chris is
2: dancing. It's wild. <laughs> no, it's very funny. It's very funny, and they look like they're having a great time on set. <laughs> I
3: know. We should well, go visit.
2: <laughs> I would. Just to lose my marbles.
3: That is, and that's what you really missed for this week, everyone. Thank you for joining us.
2: And uh come back for next week's recap
3: Theatricality. It's a Ooh, good one. Lady Gaga.
2: The beginning of the Lady Gaga reign yes. over glee. And um,
3: thanks for listening. And that's what you really missed. Bye-bye. See ya. Thanks for listening and follow us on Instagram at, and that's what you really miss pod. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. See you next time.
0: Bean dad, the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And Hey, I do too. 16th minute of fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
1: wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God.